0: Shalom, we are in the midst of discussing the unique description of the mitzvah of Shemitah the first time it appears in the Torah. The first time the Shemitah is mentioned in the Torah is in Parshat mishpatim. There, there is this description of the mitzvah of shemitah alongside the mitzvah of Shabbat. It tells us, for six years you shall plant and gather in your produce, vashvi'i tishmetanu netashda. But the seventh year there will be a release, a shemitah, unetashda, and an abandonment. Two words, tishmetanu tashda, which are... All important for the understanding of Shemitah will be discussed in the near future. The Pesach continues that not only will there be a release and an abandonment, but everyone, even the poor of your nation, will be able to eat. But not only your nation, not only people, not only humans. And what's left over will be eaten by the animals, the wild animals, not only in your field, but even in your vineyard and even for your olive groves. Then, the next Pasuk seems to be describing the Mitzvah Shabbat. Shabbat, obviously, is something mentioned numerous times in the Torah. According to many countings, 12 times in the Torah. But for some reason, Shabbat is mentioned here right next to the Mitzvah Shemitah with a unique description that is not found elsewhere. It tells us in Pasuk Yudbet of Perek Chav Gimel of Sefer Shemot, For six days, you shall work, you shall do all your actions. But on the seventh day, there will be a day of rest, Shabbat. Here the Torah provides a reasoning for that Shabbat. In order that there be rest for your animals, for your ox and your donkey. And it concludes, And there will be nafesh, nefesh, for humans, for ben for the humans who are in a difficult financial straits or find difficulty relating to the rest of the community, ben Amatcha, the son of your maidservant, vagir, or the stranger. This is the description of Shabbat as juxtaposed to the mitzvah of Shemitah as it first appears in the Torah in Parshat Mishpatim. Last week we tried to understand what is this term, v'inafesh, ben Amatcha vagir. What does it mean to be nefesh? After all, nefesh is the term used to describe the Jewish, the human soul. How can a person be sold? We understand, leman nuach that Shabbat be a day of rest, and a day of rest, as the Torah says, for one's animals as well, because there is a requirement that one not only not work personally, but not work his animals and not work his servants. But what is vinafesh all about? We pointed out that this term vinafesh, the verb of nefesh, Appears only one other time in the Torah, and that is the description of Shabbat veshamu vnei Yisrael tashabbat la'sot tashabbat le'dorotam dolam. That the fact that Shabbat is a sign, a covenant between God and the Jewish people, a covenant which veshamu vnei Yisrael, which the job of the Jewish people is to safeguard. Within the description of this covenant, the Torah concludes that Hakadosh Baruch God, on the seventh day, Shabbat. Vayinafash, God rested, vayinafash, and He was sold. What is this vayinafash all about? So the Gemara tells us in Beit Daf Tetzayin, and elsewhere that vayinafash is the description of Voy of the That when the Jew experiences Shabbat and the Shabbat ends at the end of Shabbat, his Nishama is not the same that it initially was. It says that on the seventh day. HaKodesh Baruch, who provides each and every Jew with a neshama yitera. He gives it to him as Shabbat arrives, and he takes it from him as Shabbat ends. And therefore, as Shabbat ends, the nafesh. a person's soul feels that something has changed in his body. In fact, the reason why we have besamim during the Havdalah after Shabbat is for this very reason, to recognize that something in our soul has left, something in our soul has been lost. In last week's lesson, we also described that the fact that the Torah refers to the soul as nefesh here, and the Gemara refers to it as a neshama as an added, expanded soul, which a person receives on Shabbat, is of particular interest. And the reason is because, as we derive from the Psokian describing the creation of man, that there are essentially three parts to a soul. There is the nefesh, the ruach, and the neshama. The nefesh is that physical part of man. The nefesh exists by all by all of animal life. Even animals are referred to in the Torah as a nefesh chaya, as a living being. However, a human became a living being in a completely different way. A human became a living being by a Baruch being va'yipach ba'apav nishmat chayim, by HaKadosh Baruch blowing into his nostrils through a ruach, through a wind, a nishmat chayim, a living soul. And through that, v'tihi adam nefesh chaya. The nefesh of man is different than that of animals. However, it is at least comparable. And therefore, we are told that you do not eat the nefesh of animals, you do not eat blood. Ki hadam hu The nefesh which rests in the blood, in the kaved, in the liver, which is a, the fully blood fully blood part of man. That is a recognition of the soul of man which is driven after desire which has physical needs which need to be met. The ruach rests in the lev. That is the emotional part of the soul of man. And the neshama, the pinnacle of the soul of man, rests in the moach, rests in the head, rests in the intellect. It's that neshama which is supposed to be the guiding force in a person's life. That is the unique, most unique part of the Jewish soul. And for that reason, we say every... Morning, Elokai Nishamash Horahi. God, the Nishama that you have given me remains pure. The Nishama cannot be tainted by sin. However, if a person is not in control, if his nishama is not in control, and he is driven by his nephesh, so he puts himself in a very difficult position because one driven by his desires, one driven by his emotional state, is liable to lose complete control and complete focus. And his neshama, while remaining pure, will be lost and will lose the decision-making power. This background is of utmost necessity for understanding the nature of neshama yitera and Shabbat, as well as understanding its implications for Shemitah. Before we go and return to the opinions that we saw last week and come to a true understanding, hopefully, of what the neshama yitera is all about, we have to understand its reference to Shemitah. Shemitah on the one hand is Shabbat Haaretz, And therefore, one could imagine that whatever exists on Shabbat of the week exists on Shabbat Ha'aretz during the Shemitah year. However, here the Alshich tells us in a very clear way that these Psukim here in Parshat Mishpatim are telling us exactly that there exists a concept of Neshama Yitairah not only on Shabbat of the week, but on Shabbat Ha'aretz on the sabbatical year as well. He says as follows, the reasoning that the Torah provided of leman Yanuach Shorcha V'Chamorecha V'Yinafesh Ben Amatcha V'Ager is meant to tell us that there is a dual nature to Shabbat. One of it is important for animals. The other is important for humans. V'Shem tells the Alshich, Ulai Siti kein Laman B'nei Adama Yigeim Sheish shanim Becharisha Uzriya Maybe you'll tell me that the reason that I instituted the mitzvah of Shemitah is because people are hard-working and tired. After six years of working in the field, people just need a break. And therefore you'll tell me the purpose of Shemitah is to give a year of necessary vacation for those who are working in the field. Says the Al Sheikh, the Torah tells us in this Pasuk, that that is not the purpose. Should you think that the legislation is designed to give man a year's vacation? This is not so, says the Yalshik. Just as it had been decreed to abstain from work every Shabbat as a reminder of the fact that God imbued the Shabbat with sanctity already at the time of the creation, so the seventh-year legislation is also rooted in similar considerations. I.e., that both on Shabbat and during the seventh year, a person acquires an additional spiritual dimension, Similar to the Nishama yitera. Says the al the seventh year is supposed to be a special year. Not just a year of physical vacation, but a year of spiritual solitude. And in order to enable man to be capable of experiencing and relishing in this event, and using it to its maximum, just as on Shabbat he requires a neshama yitera, an expanded soul, so too during the year of Shemitah. This is required as well. And this is provided for by a Baruch Hu. Concludes the Alshech. The aspect of physical rest mentioned here applies only to your axe, your beast of burden. Humans, even your Gentile slaves, seeing they too have to fulfill a part of the Torah precepts, benefit from Vayi Fash, this additional soul. There is no need to mention again the fact that this concept applies in an even greater measure to the Jew, says the Alshech. Essentially, what the Alshich says is as follows. The Torah makes it clear that Leman Yanuach, the purpose of Shabbat and Shabbat Ha'aretz is a day of rest, is only L'shorcha That is what's necessary for your animal. Your animal worked hard, and the Torah recognizes it needs rest. But your animal only composes of a minimal Nefesh Chaya, a minimal soul, one part, and completely Ki hadam hu anafesh. Completely based upon instincts and desires. And the Torah says, give it to the animal, give it its rest. However, the human, the human who compri- is comprised of a much deeper, multifaceted existence, a soul of three parts, a nefesh, a ruach, and an neshama The purpose of this vacation is not for physical rest, but v'yinafesh, for being sold, for achieving a completely New level of existence, and for this, what's perfectly necessary is a neshama yitera. Says the Alshich, this pasuk tells us in no uncertain terms that not only on Shabbat does the Jew and even the Gentile slave, who works for the Jew, derive a neshama yitera, but during the entire shemitah year, the shemitah year is not a year of physical vacation, as much as time set aside for spiritual solitude. If this is true, and we'll find this idea expressed in other commentaries as well, the nishamayi teira of shvi'it, of shabbat ha'aretz, is an essential part of understanding what it is that we're waiting for as the shmita arrives. What is going to change in our existence? The nishamayi teira has to be understood to a better degree. It's also interesting to note that there is reason to believe that the Neshama Yitayra is something which can be felt by people who understand what the Neshama Yitayra is all about. The Le Reveliau L'opiyan Zetzel, describes his Rebbe, the Alter Mikhelm. The Alter Mikhelm was a very sickly individual. And during the week, you could see on his face that his health was not in order. But yet, people, all people who saw him on Shabbat could not recognize any sickness. They say that he did not even require a watch in order to know when Shabbat began. His body just came to itself. His body became capable of <coughs> new physical things due to this neshama <speaking> in, <Hebrew>. in fact, Rev. Eliyahu Rev. Eliezer El- 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 Dessler, the author of the Mikhtav Me'Eliyahu, writes to his students that anyone who lacks the feeling of a neshama <speaking in Hebrew> is evidently not in touch with their soul. What is this Neshama all about? If you look at the Ibn Ezra, the Ibn Ezra in his description of the Bracha and the Kedusha of Shabbat, the Ibn Ezra mentions that there is this added spiritual capacity that a person can feel on Shabbat itself. And the Ramban comments on the words of the Ibn Ezra that these are things which the average individual does not feel. Why not? possibly because we don't understand what the Neshama Yitairah is all about. The more we understand it, the more we long for it, the more we accept it. And the more we recognize that it is not only true for Shabbat of the week, but true for Shabbat of the years as well, for Shabbat ours, for the Shemitah year, which is rapidly coming upon us. So then we will start to understand what the purpose of Shabbat is all about. Before we go back to understanding... conclude this section with Rav Hirsch's commentary on these Psukim in Parshat Mishpatim. He says as follows, Just as the Shabbat year of the land establishes the nation <clears throat> standing in its land, the Shabbat day establishes man standing in the world. By observing the Shabbat, man acknowledges God as creator and master of the world and of himself. On the seventh day, man refrains from exercising his own mastery over any of God's creations and humbly subordinates himself and his world to the creator. While he observes the Shabbat, the Shabbat teaches him to respect every other creature alongside himself, as all are equal before God, and all are his children. This dismantling of man's mastery over all creation is one of the objectives of the Shabbat. The day on which man pays homage to God. Liman, so that he should come to rest. The working animals and the beasts of burden. And so that the son of your handmaid and the stranger in your midst shall return to themselves, ve'yina become conscious of their own human dignity and recognize that their purpose in life is their very own. From Laman, yanuach shorecha ve'chamorecha, the mechilta derives that a person has a special obligation toward these animals. Not only must one leave one's animals at rest on the Shabbat, but one must also turn them out and allow them to gaze undisturbed. Rav Hirsch essentially explains that Shabbat and Shabbat Ha'aretz both serve a goal of recognizing God's mastery of the world, recognizing that there are needs to all of existence that God created, and giving the ability of rest. But the ability of rest for animals is different than the ability of rest for humans. The ability of rest for animals is to have it easy. The ability of rest for humans is vinafesh, to be able to return to yourself to be able to return to your soul. How is that done? This is the secret of the Neshama This is the secret of the added spiritual and capacity of the soul during the Shemitah, during the Shabbat. But what is this Neshama all about? So last week we already saw what seemed to be a difference of opinion. Rashi in his description of the Neshama Rashi seems to describe something of physical capacity, something which allows a person to eat and drink more than they could during the week, something which allows a person possibly to sleep more and gain more enjoyment from the world. This simple understanding of Rashi was questioned by a number of individuals, to the point that the Shlaha Kadosh has a very (coughs) bitter description of those individuals who seem to say, that, the Neshama is merely added physical capacity. He does not mention Rashi by name. But he says, Do not think, do not think as certain individuals thought that the purpose of the Neshama is to give a person added capacity for physical enjoyment. Neshama you think that a person was given a neshama yitera on Shabbat, like these individuals think, in order to be able to eat more than they can during the week. Ze this is not true at all, says the Ki ein teva neshama lachov lishdot. The teva, the nature of a neshama, is not to eat and drink. Ve does not derive any benefit from physical eating. Where does its benefit come from? Kim betorat Hashem khifso. The Torah, that a person studies, that is what the Neshama gains from. Where is the Neshama's first existence? The Neshama of a Jew, in the womb, says the Gemara Nida, studies with the Malach. That's what it longs for. That's what it desires. That's what it loves, says the And therefore, the Neshama Yitera can only be understood as a greater understanding says the Shla kadosh it is for the spiritual solitude that a person is enabled when they have no physical worries. That is the Neshama Yitera, where a person can focus on spiritual growth because they're not worried what's going on in the marketplace or what's going on in the field. This is the Shla's description. And... For this reason, one might prefer the explanation of the Shita Mekubetzet. The Shittah Mekubetzet on that same Gemara and Beitzah describes the Neshama Yitera very differently than Rashi. Says the Shittah Mekubetzet, the, there is a Shefa Eloki, a certain divine abundance which allows a person to have greater understanding of Torah and greater recognition of God's actions in the world. That is the Neshama Yitera. Not physical at all. And for this reason, there are many beautiful explanations who go out of their way to try to re-explain Rashi. To point out that Rashi did not mean to say that the purpose of the Neshama Yitera is for physical enjoyment at all. As beautiful as these explanations are, it's a little bit difficult to imagine that there is no opinion at all that recognizes the physical (coughs) embodiment of the Neshama Yitera as well. After all, if you look at Rabbeinu Hanana, Rabbeinu Hanana and the Gemara in Mesechta Taanit describes the neshama yetera seemingly in physical terms as well. He says, shenatnala adam The neshama yetera allows a person to eat, drink, enjoy himself, and to delight in the essences of Shabbat, to the point that a person is physically weak after the Neshama leaves him. A similar idea is found in the dat Bali, at Totsvot, in Shmot, Perek Tetzayin, Pasuk Chofbet. And for this reason, we have to question, could the Neshama really have a physical element as well? In order to understand this, I think we have to return back to what we saw regarding the three aspects of the Nefesh. We pointed out that the Torah refers to this unique element of Shabbat as V'yinafash, V'yinafesh, the idea of being sold, the added Nefesh. But yet when the Gemara refers to this added Nefesh, it calls it not a Nefesh Yeterah, but a Neshama yetera. Which one is it? Is it an added Nefesh, the aspect of the soul which is connected to the physical, the aspect of the soul which is rooted in desire, which is rooted in physical enjoyment in this world? Or, is it the spiritual part of the Nishama? Is it the intellectual core? The ability to understand Torah in a completely new way? Evidently, it's both. There is a nefesh yitera and Shabbat, but its purpose is to enable a Nishama yitera. What does this mean? If you look at the description of the Torah regarding Briyat Haalam in Bereshit, Perak Aleph, you find that after man was created, before we are told, before we are told that Hashem completed the creation of the world, there there is a description of a bracha which Hashem provided to man. And in this bracha which Hashem provided to man, there are two unique elements. God blessed mankind. This first description of the bracha describes man's mission as v'kivshua. Man's mission as being in control. Man's mission as being over all other animals. This part of the bracha recognizes man's unique stature among the world. That which differentiates him from animals. But then, immediately after, there is another amira. We're told, vayomer <clears throat> elokim, the Torah goes and tells us that you have what to eat in this world. You man, you have physical needs just like the, all the animals of the world. And just like I will provide food for the animals of the world, I will provide food for you as well. With Mordechai Breuer in his first piece in Perkei Moadot, in the description of Shabbat, Describes that this description of the two elements of bracha given to mankind recognizes both what separates man from animals and what unifies him with their needs. On the one hand, <clears throat> God created man with the ability to be godlike, with the ability to create, with the ability to control the world and bring it towards its purpose, to be a messenger of God in bringing the world towards what the world was created for. On the other hand, man is a physical being as well. And just like animals, he is physical neat. And the questions will be posed to man throughout <clears throat> our existence in this world will be, who is the driving force? Are you living an animal-like existence? where You are driven by your physical drives. Or are you being <clears throat> driven by the goal of performing spiritual acts on this world? Of vikivshua, of using the world towards attaining the mission of the purpose of creation. That is the question which is posed to mankind. Immediately afterwards comes Shabbat. And Shabbat answers this question, as seen in the different parts of Shabbat in different ways. On the one hand, there's the part of Shabbat connected to the Mishkan. Just like the Mishkan was an act of creation, of spiritual creation in this world... So too Shabbat, which is juxtaposed to the Mishkan in numerous places, is supposed to be understood as a day of stopping and recognizing that all our success in this world, all our actions which differentiate us from animals, are done as messengers of God and not a replacement of God. That is the element of Shabbat in the Mishkan. That is the recognition of what separates us from animals.
1: On the other hand,
0: Shabbat is first introduced to the Jewish people in Parsha Peshalach and the Parsha Mon. The mon is a description of that which sustains a person, of the food which is given to man, of the fact that man has to work for his food. But during, the, for, <coughs> during their stay in the desert, the Jewish people received their food directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And through the mon, the mon falling in a double portion on Friday, the mon not falling on Shabbat, the Jewish people were able to recognize, ki Hashem natan Shabbat, as the pasuk said. They were able to recognize not only the fact that God provides them with their food, but also God providing them with Shabbat. To recognize that even within their physical sustenance, even within their needs that are comparable to the needs of animals, it really all comes from HaKadosh Baruch. Working on Shabbat will not give you any more, because at, when all is said and done, all your food really comes, kiman it comes like manna from heaven. This recognition of the dual nature of man, being on the one hand, An animal like creature who has physical drives, but on the other hand, (laughs) a recognition of the fact of man's unique goal and unique place in creation is one of the most fundamental recognitions that Shabbat provides. Shabbat and Shabbat Haaretz remind an individual that with all our physical needs, we are divinely inspired individuals. We do not merely have a nephesh. A physical drive, but we have a nishama. We became our unique individuals because of our recognition of the nishama, which is the driving force behind us. And if we ask, what is the nishama yiteirah all about? The nishama is the secret of Shabbat because Shabbat is the day of the creation of the nishama of the world says the Rashba and The day of the creation of the Nishama is the day of the creation of the recognition of our unique part of creation and the purpose behind everything. The purpose behind our physical existence and the purpose behind our spiritual power. Shabbat's role in this unique recognition is excru- explained by the Ketav Kabbalah, who says as follows, Pay heed! Seeing that this seventh day was singled out at the time of creation, i.e. that the whole of creation achieved its perfection on that day, was guaranteed eternal existence. This day, therefore, has also become special for us, the Jewish people. On that day, more than any other, we are apt to achieve our own spiritual potential. Our own eternity is bound up and dependent on that day and how we observe it. Rav Hutner, in the Pachad Yitzchak, describes how the Rambans, definition of the unique Birocha and Kiddush of Shabbat is expressed in the Neshama Yitera. He says as follows, In everyday matters, pleasures are divided in accordance with the capacity of the senses to receive. The pleasure of sounds are associated with the ear, and the pleasure of sight associated with the eye. In a like manner, the pleasure and delights that constitute the reward for mitzvot call for the recipient to have a capacity for absorbing them. The name of the capacity for absorption is Neshama Yitera the expanded soul on Shabbat. The soul itself came into being on the sixth day, as the Torah says explicitly, but the ability to absorb the mitzvah-related pleasure was not revealed until the seventh day. The capacity to absorb that pleasure cannot be revealed before the pleasure in itself emerged from nothingness into reality on the seventh day. The seventh day on Shabbat, which recognizes the inner potential and the inner purpose of the world, requires an ability to recognize it. That recognition came on Shabbat. That recognition comes on Shabbat, every seven days, when we receive the Neshama yitera. If we get in touch with our Neshama yitera, we recognize that we are not only physical beings, like the animals, but we are spiritual beings. And our spiritual potential is apparent in that regard. For this reason, if you ask me, is it Neshama or Nefesh yitera? Is it an added physical capacity? Or an added spiritual capacity, it's both. On the one hand, we recognize that we are physical beings. Shabbat was given as a day of rest, of physical rest, of recognizing the beautiful world which God created, and recognizing its purpose. But even when we're involved in the physical world, we do it differently than animals. Our physical enjoyment is in order to be able to be in a state of serenity. To be able not to focus our Shabbat on overeating and pigging out, what the shloh was so bothered by. But the recognition that enjoying the world, enjoying the physical world, is for the purpose of recognizing that the entire world is beautiful. That God saw the world, and He saw tov ma'od. It was a beautiful world. It was a world where purpose could be met. It was a world where existence had meaning. But if we stop there, and we spend Shabbat with the physical serenity, with the physical enjoyment of the world, We've missed its point. Because it's not only a nefesh y'teira, it is a neshama yitayra. The neshama is the ability to recognize that not only the physical purpose of the world, but the spirituality which comes behind it. Even Rashi in his explanation of the physical describes the roch of lev, the expanded heart, the ability to see things in a totally new realm because of one's physical state of serenity. Therefore, the neshama y'teira also has in its prime importance is using that physical serenity in order to achieve a new spiritual focus and a new recognition of the world. In fact, the Tzvah explains that the Nishama y'teira is the aspect of a person's soul which was at Har Sinai when the Torah was given. The Torah was given on Shabbat. All souls were at Har Sinai. That part of a soul that was at Har Sinai is the neshama y'teira. And every Shabbat we reconnect with that Har Sinai experience. The Har Sinai experience is not only an experience of the weekly Shabbat, but as we know, Ma'inin Shemitah Itzel Har Sinai, Parsha Pahar introduces Shemitah with the understanding of <clears throat> Bahar Sinai lemur, Shemitah was commanded at Har Sinai. Shemitah has a direct connection to that spiritual solitude which comes amidst the physical vacation and the recognition of the serenity and the ability to focus on the spiritual needs. This is Shabbat. Shabbat which we speak of in Ko as Vahashabbat, Noam Neshamot, We focus on the pleasure of the Neshama on Shabbat, that upper realm. And then we continue Vashvi Oneng HaRuchot, the seventh day, the delight of the Ruach, that second aspect of the soul. And we conclude, the Eden HaNefashot, and the delight of the Nefesh as well. We have on Shabbat and Shabbat Ha'aretz a Nefesh yitera, a Ruach Yeteira, and a In next week's lesson, we'll try to understand how the Torah describes how we should be able to appreciate all three elements of this Shabbat and Shemitah existence.